0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with celebrated jazz recording artist, vocalist, and best selling author Judy Whitmore. We caught up with her a better new 2024 CD Come Fly With Me. She is a true modern day Renaissance woman, heeds the call of the stage, the sky, and beyond. Her life as a vocal artist and writer is taken off. She is also a theater producer and pilot who holds a master's degree in clinical psychology, approaches all of her endeavors with style and spirit. We cover her towering life via geography and timeline up to these current post COVID nineteen times, enjoy this captivating tale.
1: Hi, excellent. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. So, I want to begin our conversation with what we went through for the last three and a half years, which was a pandemic. How did you get through that time period? How did it change you?
2: Gosh, you know, for the first two months of the pandemic, I don't. I think that I never got. When I say I never got dressed, I i never I didn't do my hair, I didn't put on any makeup. I thought I couldn't believe that something like that I was living through something like that. It seems like that would have been something that happened a hundred years ago, not in my time yeah, and um it made me appreciate little things that i just being able to walk out and see friends or being able to go hug my children it it was it was just a it took a while to get used to, but I found that I, because I, I was alone so much, I was here at home with my husband, because we were alone so much, it gave me a new appreciation for doing things that I had not had enough time to do. Things like working out in my garden, which I never do because I just basically work on, I either work on a new album or work on a new show. And so I, I got to spend time in my backyard. I got to spend time just walking around my neighborhood and appreciating the beauty that I live in here in Southern California, which I tend to forget because I do get wrapped up with, with working. And um, it was uh, it was quite an experience for me. Well,
1: I'm coming from Kansas City. So anytime I get to Southern California, it's like this bonanza of colors and things that we just simply don't have around here. So yeah, that's, you know, life gets busy though. And I, and I was thinking that during the pandemic. I was thinking major recording artists were not going to come back. I figured once they realized they have a good bank account, they have downtime, they never get that, that there would be a level of them that may not come back. You know, not that they wouldn't be creative, but that there would be a shift in how they would operate life.
2: Well, I was I'm trying to think where I was in my recording schedule, but I think that I I was just about to start recording a new album around that time which got pushed back and I remember uh you know I worked with Pisha McPhee she's my vocal coach and I remember going to her studio and I remember we had special special masks to wear that you could wear while you were singing They they were huge and uh we just said well we're just we knew that we were safe and we were just going to keep working through it so we did and um and somehow we were just able to get that recording done that year.
1: Sorry about that. I had a temporary glitch. I apologize. Okay. I apologize.
2: That's okay. So um, yeah, we 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 just sort of powered through it. And I, I worked with a just a small group of people when we were getting preparing the just going through getting the arrangements done. And um, we just said no, we're not going to put it on hold. We knew we all tested, and we all knew we were well. And we said, let's just go ahead and do it. So I was able, over the last couple of years, to get several albums done.
1: So talk to me about this latest album. How does it feel now that kind of the world's opened up, live shows are back, come fly with me? How how does this release feel for you?
2: This release feels really exciting. I, You know, it's the first time I've ever worked with Chris Walden, who is just amazing and the arrangements that he wrote it was really thrilling to be in the studio with him and the the last album that I did we had strings on the last album and they the strings were done in Budapest so it was done I remember sitting here at my computer in my office and uh the album producer was in his <laughs> at his computer and we were zooming with the conductor in Budapest and it was really quite a process to do that but for this album Chris wanted all the strings to be live. So it was really exciting being in a studio with a huge, I think it was about a 40 piece orchestra. So it was, it was different. It was the first time I've done that. And that's, and that's the only way to fly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, so what are you hoping the listener gets from this album?
2: You know, this album, all the songs in this album are about travel. And, I remember that it was over a year ago I was sitting uh, in Pesha McPhee's studio with Chris Walden and we were trying to come up with a theme like we wanted there to be a through line throughout this album because the previous albums I had done I chose the songs because they were favorites of mine and and I wanted to record them but this album I really wanted a concept for it so we were talking and somehow we got sidetracked and we started talking about all the places that we had been to and I talked about how I had lived in London for a while, and that uh, I had lived in Aspen. I lived uh, various places, and how much I love to travel and to go away for extended times. And all of a sudden, Chris said, "Why don't you do an album about travel and have all the songs be about places that you love to go?" So I thought that sounded really exciting to me. So we had a lot of fun just picking out the titles for this album of, of these songs that uh, that were meaning that were places that were meaningful to me so i i hope that people listen to it not just with an appreciation for the actual music but for maybe giving people ideas like oh i could oh i could go away too i could go i could go to i could go to vermont i could go to georgia or wherever they they feel they might uh, have a fantasy to go to
1: so you have this very divine creative spirit in you as an author and as a singer Take me back to your childhood. How did all of this become who you are? How were the seeds planted?
2: You know, my grandfather was first violinist in the MGM Studio Orchestra, and he started working at MGM in 1934. His first film there was The Merry Widow with Jeanette McDonald, and he worked there through the 50s and our home was filled with music my grandfather was a violinist my grandmother was a pianist they had met when they were working at the same place and my mother was a pianist my aunt was a pianist she had gone to a conservatory so there was always music in the house and there was always singing and my mother insisted that i learn how to play the piano when i was very young so by the time i was 10 or 11 years old when my parents would have parties I would be the entertainment because I would sit at the piano and I would play and sing and their friends would gather around with their glasses of wine or whatever and we would just have a ball. And so right. I think that's where it all comes from.
1: What was the first live show that you ever saw that blew you away?
2: The first live show. You know what? My parents started taking me to um to the theater when I was very young, probably I don't know, like maybe seven or eight years old. And so we always um, we saw like musical comedies like Rogers and Hammerstein and those type of shows from the time I I could remember. But the first the first show that I really remember that blew me away was the first time I went to New York and I saw Hello, Dolly in New York and I was in a New York theater. And of course, New York theaters are very different from any kind of venue out here in LA at that time. So here here you had gigantic theaters and there it's a very intimate experience. And I remember we were sitting close to the stage and it was really thrilling to just be in that space, watching those actors and hearing that music.
1: Yeah, so was there a stage that you always dreamed that you would perform on that you actually had? What, what
2: was,
1: did that happen for you?
2: I just wanted to perform anywhere because i just i i loved singing and i i thought that i was going to ha- i thought that was going to be my lifelong career i i always thought i would just uh, i i took i took music lessons i had piano lessons and dancing lessons and at one time i thought i was going to be an opera singer so when i was 13 14 15 i had a opera coach and i just had intended and the, of course then i went back to just popular music. But I I always thought I would have a career like that. And um, when I was probably about I guess I was in my first or second year of college, I had, um, I worked as a background vocalist for Capitol Records. And so I got that a friend of mine told me that they were looking for for a female singer for this new group that they were developing, and I should go audition. And uh, so I went to I went to that iconic round building in Hollywood, up to the top floor, and sat in the producer's office and played the piano and sang, and and he hired me. And I worked for them for about a year in this group that they were trying to get together. Never really, uh, never really coalesced. But I thought, well, I'll just go on from there and do something else. And then what ended up happening was I got married when I was 21 years old. And I immediately had two children. And that was the end of any any career aspirations that I had. So I sort of tucked all my dreams of being a performer away in my closet on a very high shelf. And I just left it there. And I didn't. Uh, I did a whole lot of other things. I was a theater producer. I I was president of a regional theater in Colorado and where I think we did really great work. And then I became an independent theater producer. I worked in LA and London. And then when I, I had done that for several years and I thought, no, I, I really want to do something where I want to be home with my children. And I went, Back to school and i got a master's degree in clinical psychology and became a therapist and um had a had a therapy practice for about eight years i had an office in west los angeles and at that then at that time i decided well You know, i had been talking about writing a book since I was a teenager. I had taken writing classes throughout my life. No matter even when I lived in Colorado, I always took I was it was I was a Colorado Mountain College, any place I could find a writing class. And finally, I woke up one morning and I thought to myself, I've been talking about writing a book since I was 15 years old. I either have to stop talking about it or I have to do it. So I terminated my I terminated all my therapy clients. And I went back to UC Irvine and enrolled in their writing program. And out of that came my novel, Come Fly With Me. Wow. And so um, so I forgot what the original question was.
1: Oh, you hit it. No, we were, we were talking about stages that you might have wanted to perform on.
2: Right. So, um, So anyway my dream when I was young was that I would be on Broadway and I didn't, re- I had no aspirations to be a star. I, I I would be really happy just to be in the chorus. That would yeah. be fine with me. And all I wanted to do was sing. That's all.
1: So how do all of these right and left brain endeavors of your life come together to help you be a singer, to help you create, how did all this work for you?
2: I think, I think what it has to do is, it's about setting goals. I've always I've always believed in you have to have aspire to something. So whatever it is, whatever stage I've been at in my life, I've always set a goal for myself, and then I become very focused, and uh, and just don't take my eye off the prize. I mean, I'm just right there. It was one thing I I did I forgot to mention is you know I was a jet pilot, and yeah. um, so when I was the reason I I became a pilot was I was living in Aspen and my parents lived in LA and I missed them. And I was, I w- always wanted to come back and see them, but I would be freaked out by having to get on that little plane that went from Aspen to Denver. So you could catch a big plane to LA. So finally I, um I, my neighbor in Denver was John Denver, John and Annie Denver were my yeah. neighbors. So John said, you know, you, he, he, he said, this is ridiculous. He said, you have, and he was a pilot. He and his dad were pilots and I had flown around with them in their plane. And he said, you've got to get over this. He, he said, why don't you learn how to fly? And he said, why don't you figure out how those airplanes stay up in the air? And I thought, well, that's a good idea. So I went down to the airport and I just said, I, I want to take some flying lessons. And so from the moment I had my very first lesson, the minute that airplane lifted off into the air, I was hooked. I thought it was fabulous. So I set my goal that, um, when I was, a before I even learned how to fly before, in that very first lesson, I said to myself, I'm going to get a, I'm going to become a jet pilot. And I was very focused about doing that. And it was basically the same way with whether when I was writing a book, like just focus, just focus and just, and work. And I, and I am very, um, I have a lot of self discipline so when I was writing I would get up at 5:30 every morning and write, write for several hours and go go about my day and write again at night and it's the same thing with singing now that I, I live in I live in the uh orange in southern california I live around Newport Beach in that area mm-hmm. and my vocal coaches in LA and everybody else I work with is in LA so I'm on the 405 freeway 3 days a week with a 2 hour commute each way to work with them because it's because it's what I do because yeah. I'm very focused I and I wanted to get I I love doing this this at these albums I love I love creating this kind of music I this is where my heart is in this kind of music so I feel like it's my job to help keep it alive
1: a- absolutely so what what's the best part what do you what has been the best part of being a professional musician for you what do you love the most about it
2: The best part about it is being to work is getting to work with people who are creative and dedicated and so talented. I feel that I am so blessed to have worked with the people that I've worked with and to have met just wonderful people who are committed to the same thing that I am—to making good music. And I've made friend we we've become friends, and it feels it feels really exciting to me to be surrounded by so many creative people.
1: So why do you love jazz?
2: Because I love it because I didn't know I liked jazz until many years ago, a friend of mine gave me a gift of the um, Ella Fitzgerald, uh, all all, all the songbook uh, albums that she had done, you know, the Rogers, the Rogers and Hart and the, um, the Gershwin, Cole Porter. And I thought, oh, this is, this is, this is, fantastic i i it i listened to those nonstop for about 6 months i'd listen to nothing else and what i like about it is that there's like there's a freedom in that kind of music where you're not you, you know if you read music you know you're counting everything out and everything is set but with jazz it's very uh it's very creative it's you can you can change your mind at the last minute what note you want to sing and some, sing something else so it always changes it's not it's not repetitious and i if if you look at the things that i've done in my life i like change so the i what i like about jazz is i can sing a song one way i can sing there's a small hotel and i can sing it again next, and the next time i sing it maybe i'll sing some other notes maybe i won't sing it the way i sang it last time
1: yeah so so everyone out there has a perception of you, family, friends, fans, but you ultimately run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are?
2: I I think I am a really hardworking woman that I am very dedicated. I had really good role models with my parents and uh, that I think some people may look at me and say, oh God, look, she has such an easy life. But it's easy in the fact that, I make it look easy yeah I, I work very hard
1: yeah so if anyone out there wants to get the new album any of your books any of your previous albums where's the best place to go
2: well i'll be uh, all the my new album is not being released until january 17th okay country. but the previous albums ever they're on spotify and and uh, apple music and amazon and every place people listen to their music these days and my books are on amazon and uh on amazon
1: (laughs) okay excellent judith this has been wonderful thank you so much for taking some time out today have a great
0: 2024
2: Well, Joe, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players, singers, and minds in L.A., New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the globe giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Judy for her time, energy, and story. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends.
2: On an evening in Rome so torchella di Roma on an evening in Roma Neon jazz